0: You're listening to Watercolor Wash, a podcast where we talk about paintings, mostly about watercolors, for self-taught artists and whoever loves paintings. My name is Vasu and we are together in this journey. So I got a a question today, uh, like somebody asked me when to stop painting when do you think that your painting is finished and uh, it's not a very difficult question in especially when you are painting in watercolor and i'll tell you the difference why so in 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 terms of if you look at oil paintings you can add as many layers as you want because what you are doing is you're having a opaque layer each time so the layer the most top so the topmost layer is the final visual that you are going to get but in in terms of watercolor you have um, you have lot of transparency and um, and you know it's like each layer has its own value uh, in that painting and as soon as you realize that you have reached the desired values on each part of the painting that um you wanted to do that's the time i would say it's the time to stop but it's not that easy to evaluate or to know or to understand that uh, you have reached uh, the levels of values that you you wanted to and how to assess that is another topic which is very closely related to that and today i will uh, dedicate this episode mostly um or discussing about how to assess your painting and uh, this is a huge um, it's a very wide range of uh, it's a very wide topic to discuss how to assess your own painting or how to review your own work Uh, because different artists have different goals um, when it comes to when it comes to the paintings so um, uh, they have different goals in terms of somebody wanted uh, want to paint loose, somebody wanted to achieve realism. So they have various goals in their minds. Somebody is just an impressionist, and someone else is doing an abstract. Someone is doing a realistic work, and someone is doing a hyper realistic work. So a person who is doing hyper realistic work, uh, for him, when to stop is much easier that like as soon as he he thinks that he has gotten um the object uh, very much in sync with the values and very much in sync with the proportion so that's that's where you um that's where you stop but what about the impressionist uh, what about the realist and what about the abstract artist and uh, how about the loose watercolor and all that when to stop so I'll go one by one and not through this whole genre uh but um, overall a perspective when to stop and when to start so let's say I am a realist and I will have this talk uh taking my example like how do I feel when to stop and how do I assess my own painting and uh how do I measure my progress so this um is uh, this is my own uh, very personal view how to assess uh, but this has helped me uh, tremendously tremendously um, in improving my work and especially when especially when i was a beginner then um, you need to be able to measure your progress and uh, like uh, i again i have a firm belief if you able to measure something there's a very good chance of improving because you can measure it next time as well and art is very intangible and very hard to measure and it's mostly measured in in the intent uh, that what you you try to to do versus what you achieved so if you feel or if you believe that you have achieved what you were intended to do it's much easier to stop it's much easier to uh, to say okay I have reached where I wanted to to reach so as a realist um, my final goals are number one it should be proportionate and there's nothing you can do to make it proportionate once you have started painting and number two um, is are your values matching are your um, values matching to the real real life scenario that you're trying to paint and if yes that's the time at the same time there are like few more things for instance is your composition um, in its final stage looks exactly what you visualized before so and then also is there something missing like you know there is a vibe in each painting that you uh, you feel uh, while you are painting it and if you if you feel that okay that vibe has now gone or that vibe has gotten stronger so that um that's another way to measure it but these are very intangible uh, things to measure um so i would uh, like just start from the beginning let's say we are uh, we are painting something let's say i'm painting a still life with three objects uh, sitting on a table and table itself is an object and you can have a tablecloth or or something on it as well uh, as a part of that so number one thing that i i do is usually is i measure the proportion i i see the values uh, sorry i um I make sure the proportions are right before painting anything. So how do you do that? How, how do you like see the proportion? It's actually very easy to assess. uh, If you have some sort of uh, measuring instruments in your hand, for instance, you have a ruler or, or there's like a a Caesar, uh, kind of a Caesar Caesar, uh, scaler that you scale what you see and then you scale what you have drawn. So if that looks in proportion, um, I would still suggest, you know, take a photograph. Uh, Nowadays, we are very blessed with having camera in our hand. So take a photograph of your drawing of um, and you can use uh, tools like uh, Microsoft's Office Lens or there's a Google photo scan. So what these things do is they take exact value within the perspective of the paper. So let's say if your paper is horizontally lying somewhere, they will take a picture in such a way that it's always a rectangular uh, area that that's being captured. And it shows uh, right away that whether you are in proportion to what you're trying to draw or not. If you're not in proportion at that point of time, you have not done much damage. At that point of time, it's always good to go to that drawing again and correct it until your proportions are are right because once you start painting you can never correct the proportion once you have laid down first few strokes it's very hard to come back and correct the proportions in case of oil painting you can still do it Uh, you can like change the entire painting in in oil but in case of watercolor um, uh, you have to be the right uh, first time before you start painting So take as much long as you want to um, to do the drawing. Usually I take if I'm painting um, a landscape, I I do not take more than five minutes to draw. And it's 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 a very quick sketch for me. And that has come to me naturally uh, because I sketch a lot. So that helps. And second thing that if you're not comfortable uh, with Getting the proportions right. Um, so there is another way you can go is um, is you can either like uh, trace it on the paper through your iPad or like your laptop. Um, in my case, it's uh, for me. I don't go through that hassle because uh, if it's a very simpler uh, subject, I just rely on my sketching skills and I do it quickly because. It, it feels very convenient to me, but at the same time, I do not want you to discourage because you know, uh, painting is a is a separate skill and drawing is a separate skill. And uh, some people are really good at painting and not so good at drawing. So I do not think it's cheating. You can still like go ahead and trace, trace it because I think a lot of artists do that. And even like the graphical method that that is being used to draw and you create the grid lines uh, on the paper and you create uh, the grid lines on the subject and you do that it's also a a kind of tracing and i think it's okay if you're not really good at drawing but make sure like whatever method you are using um, you are making your proportions right you may you're making your uh, uh, drawing very clear and as accurate as you can so that's number one that's where you stop drawing make sure um, you have uh, make sure your drawing matches the subject that you're trying to to draw in my case what I do is uh, when I go to the I usually go outside to paint uh, many a times and what I do is I take a rectangular paper with me with a hole a rectangular hole on that sheet of paper it works for me as a viewfinder and I pan it and zoom it like a camera in the real (laughs) in the real world and so that frame helps me capture the image and to make uh, things faster for me because I am some some of the days I mostly go out when it's sunny and it's warm Um, so what I do to to do things quick uh, quickly is I have Created, you know some lines in the center so like the center point of the horizontal sides I have marked with a pencil mark and and center lines of a vertical lines of your vertical sides I have marked so that, that gives me very quick example of a very quick estimate of that uh, area that I'm going to draw or, or paint and it also uh, you know it's a very quick guide for you to uh, like bring that paper again if you are forgetting something and then you will know oh uh, this is where uh, my drawing should uh, should finish this is where my drawing should end so it gives you a really nice frame to draw and also helps you uh, to draw more accurately So that's all with the drawing. Now let's come to the painting. It's, um, and I will not just tell you how to assess your painting, when to stop your painting. I will actually uh, tell you uh, a method today that will help you immensely in correcting your painting while you are painting it. And um, by by that, what I mean is, uh, like I will teach you how to be mindful forcefully, on purpose, uh, to take the most uh, advantage of of this process. So what what do I mean by being mindful while assessing your work? So um, first of all, what you need to do is um, you have to take a lot of pictures of your painting. Every like five minutes, you know, you can set up like a small timer or something take picture of your painting while you're doing that so you keep getting immediate feedbacks um, and since I'm a student of engineering um, and uh, electrical engineer so uh, for the control what we used to do we used to have a PID loop you know Mm -hmm. uh, like a proportional integral and differential um, uh, controllers so what we do is I look for peak overshoots and and then which is basically uh, integral control so peak overshoots means something that is going really really off for instance um um like suppose i wanted to paint some very light values there and it has become like three or four grades more darker than what it is supposed to be that is a peak overshoot that is a lot of mistake right so I will act immediately as long as it is wet. So what I'll do is I'll take a little bit of water. I always keep a spare brush near me with fresh water in it. And I wipe that part. If your paper is good enough, like uh, and the the uh, um, and the and paper is not so wet at that point of time, make sure you have like, you know, the brush should have only um, water that is not dipping, you know, it's like it should be able to clean that part and always keep a tissue handy and wipe that so that's um that's correcting it quite quickly so this helps you to do the peak overshoots correction at that point of time and frankly uh, if you're doing the the style i paint in i do not use a lot of water i i use limited amount of water And it also doesn't mean that I shy away from water whenever it is needed. My so water does only one thing to your painting. It reduces uh, the intensity of the color. And another thing that it does, it gives your brush a flow. So if you have no water in your brush, it will still uh, go through the paper very easily, but it will not give you a flow with your colors. It will leave some gaps in that so that is just dry brush so so when you so that your line is between uh, dry brush to wet brush that's your line of your brush and it should never be dipping your brush should never be dipping so that's too much water if it is uh, already dipping colors um, that's too much water for any scenario if you want to use too much water You can use wet on wet, you can keep the water already in the paper and then uh, run that brush. Of course, if you have a larger area to paint, keep your colors ready. And and then it makes it much easier. But do not have like way too much dipping water in your brush and that's and a lot of artists do that. And I'm I'm okay with it as long as you can control that dipping water within your painting. Uh, but generally what happens we paint the sky first and and in the scenarios of landscape or uh, if you have something coming from top to bottom like you know a uniform wash top to bottom then at that point of time i would uh, recommend you to have dipping brush because you know the gravity will do its thing and the water will come down all the way but if you have uh, like you know Uh, foreground that needs to be painted and you have to stop your layer somewhere in the middle of the paper or in the bottom of the paper never use dipping brush so control your water at that point of time and um, and 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 just you know be mindful uh, during that scenario that what you are doing so make up your mind before you are going to put your brush Make sure the color is right, the the flow is nice and you can keep a paper in your side like any cartridge paper. It doesn't have to be a watercolor paper. And check on that paper before you are trying to paint. If you are confident enough, you don't need that paper. But if if you just, if you are a beginner, you can keep that, uh, you know, you can try that color on the paper first, which is not part of the painting. So you get the idea of how much flow do you have? and uh, and how much flow, extra flow do you need or do you need to cut down some flow. If you need to cut down some flow and your brush is too, uh, super super wet, use a tissue to you know uh, dry, dry it a little bit and then use it on the paper. So that's the way uh, you can proceed. And I will give you one very good example of one of the artists who does it. So if you look at the paintings of uh, Sergei Tamrev, so sergei tamrev is um, is a russian artist and um, i think i have mentioned him in like one of my very early podcasts, um, um, very early episode so sergei tamrev is master of clouds master of sky so he paints phenomenal skies and right now he's doing black and white skies in the black watercolor paper he, he's using white paint and I, I'm I'm not sure how uh, he got it working, and uh, but anyways, so what he does is his paintings are are look super loose and super realistic, but to the contrast, this guy uses the the minimum amount of water, and he doesn't get the dry brush technique. He always gets the wet brush technique, and still able to to create very realistic clouds at at the at whatever scale you ask him to so that level of control in watercolor is um, is exceptional and even you don't have to be that exceptional you know you you just have to to be mindful how much water you have in your in your brush so let's come back to assessing the painting another way you can assess is uh if you do not you want to use the camera what you can simply do is uh, if you are painting um, in an indoor setting and if you have some space to go behind go at least like 8 feet away from your painting 8 to 10 feet away from your painting and look at that painting from that distance and you will uh, find some errors So in the closed loop, what we do, uh, like I just discussed, uh, I just talked about uh, PID controller. That PID controller, what it does is it maintains a flow and um, painting is just like a flow, you know. And how does the PID controller does that? It's a feedback loop. It's a closed loop of feedback. So you take an action, which is your brush stroke. You have just painted something. And then the output is, you look at it, you look at your painting from far or from near and you make a small assessment and you find the error uh, between what was desired and and what you have produced. So you take that error and go back, add that error into your new action. So let's say you wanted to paint a little bit darker and you painted something which was not as dark as you expected and then that is a error so it goes back in your mind and then you paint it a little bit darker and then you achieve that so that's a complete loop and it's a closed loop control that that always works it always works and at least if you are not if you're not going to to get a perfect result you're going to get a very perf- close to perfect result and you do this you try this technique until you are Uh, close to 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 your results but in watercolor it's not that easy to uh, to apply to apply this closed loop because the reason is um, watercolor keeps your paper wet at that point of time and you apply that uh, error immediately it will look like you are doing a overwork so if if you're doing that with a dry brush it's very easy to apply the closed-loop control but if if your paper is still wet and and it requires more paint i would suggest you to wait for some time let that part dry up a little bit and then do the correction another good trick i wanted to do, uh, to tell you uh, is uh, i'm not so sure if uh, you have observed this but if you close one of your eyes and you dim the other eye like, you know, very minute opening in your other eye. So one eye is closed and the only eye you are able to see it with, you close that eye very partially and at that point of time, you look, look at something and you do not see the detail, you see the values. You see the values of that object that you are with your naked eye. That's the technique to see the values so you you can also do that by going a little bit far back and uh, and and look at your painting again and this will give you a very immediate uh, feedback that uh, like which values are missing what is in your subject and what is in your actual paper so this way as well you can um, you can assess your work and one very important thing that i wanted to uh, to to say to everyone is always compare your painting with your last painting and do not beat yourself up and do not compare it with someone else's work because um, that's how you assess it because you, you wanted to make improvement on your se- on yourself you are not going you do not want to make improvement on others work and It's easily misleading. It's a very invalid comparison. For instance, if you are comparing your work uh, with someone who has lesser skill than you, then you are overrating yourself. And if you are comparing your work, the latest work, with somebody who is highly superlative, who is an amazing artist, at that point of time, you are just beating yourself up. So either you are overestimating or you are underestimating. But you, when you compare your work own work from your last painting you're basically uh, running on the same race and your assessment is more accurate your measurement of uh, of your growth is more accurate and yeah that's i mean uh, it's uh, i think it's already a hugely accepted thought uh, in philosophy that your you are your own competition and and everything else Uh, but in 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 this technical term that I wanted to to actually um, describe it is you make real progress when you compare it with with the similar uh, scenarios in this case similar scenario means the artist is you who painted the last painting and you are working on the similar subject so uh, you're running on the same race and that's why your measurement is accurate if you are getting better at it and if you compare it with someone else's painting who has done the same painting and this kind of thing happens in the in a classroom setting when five or six uh, students are painting the same thing they assess their work based on the other person's work and that's actually Sometimes it could be helpful if you are getting motivated by that. Uh, but it's a really horrible idea, I would say. Uh, so always uh, um, assess your painting um, with your last painting on the same subject. And also keep in mind that uh, things are similar. Like, so let's say you, you, your last painting was great, but it was six months ago. So in this painting, when you came back, it has gotten worse so it's it's not uh, a real indicator of failure i would say you haven't done worse you just need a little bit more time and practice to get back to that level again and then you start measuring your uh, success measuring your growth so this is obviously it's a negative growth at the it looks like a negative growth at the beginning Uh, but the scenarios are not the same you are not in the same frame of mind and uh, uh, the proximity to the subject uh, has taken a hit of six months Uh, so you need to come back to that subject again and it takes a it takes a while to to get back to it and uh, one of the examples that i gave uh, from my own uh, uh, understanding was when i paint a commissioned portrait i paint two or three small portraits before I touch of different people of different skin tones so that I can get back into that groove and I and I keep that flow and I keep that mojo and energy to my actual commission so that's uh, that's the way to go uh, while you're trying to paint uh, something so assessment to your own work or your own previous work is a a good way uh, to make progress and being mindful uh, you know is it's it's a cliche now Um, but it's still it still works in in terms of painting painting itself or any kind of art itself is a very mindful practice Uh, you if you're not mindful in that particular skill uh, you're not going to to go so far The number one requirement of painting or music or anything else is mindfulness itself. So you you cannot just uh, like, you know, um, take it away. Uh, It requires at least your 50 or 60 percent of your attention, you know, while you are painting something. So, and I will discuss this topic of the state of flow in some other podcast in some other episode because I have already discussed the state of flow in the beginning um, and I'm very excited about it and I'm reading a few books on it and I'm frankly have started practicing that and it's nothing new it, it's something that I have already been doing and I will just do it again more being more aware at, at this point of time and Stay. if you can reach the state of flow, that's like the highest level of mindfulness, um, levels of mindfulness and the outcome is just a byproduct at that point of time. The great painting, the happiness, just the byproduct of that state of flow. So, yes, you have to be in that state of flow for the maximum amount of time while you are painting. And if you are in that flow, do not try to break it and it doesn't matter if you have to sit a a few more hours to to finish something if you're in the state of flow make sure you finish that painting because when you come back to a painting again after a day or maybe after a week you have first of all you have lost um, a good amount of environment so by environment i mean like the music that you are playing that day and um, the kind of mindset you were in that day, your emotional status, your physical status on that day is has changed. So you have multiple variables now accounted for it. And it could be better as well. Maybe on that day you were not so well. Um, but if, if that day you are painted well, try to, to make sure that you finish it on the same day. Now let's come back to the topic of uh, when to stop. And when to stop, is is a very uh, personal choice. For me, the direct answer would be when your proportions and where your your values and textures match. That's the perfect time to stop the painting. But why I said it's subjective because uh, you know you have a different goal in your mind. So before starting a painting, just visualize something. Just visualize the outcome of that painting, that how this painting should look, and if you are uh, capable enough to to remember what you have visualized and what your painting looks like, you know you will get uh, you will get a feel or vibe that okay this looks pretty similar to that. If the answer is pretty similar, I think you should stop. And another reason, another good reason to stop is, in watercolor, there's a good chance of a painting to look overworked, and that happens when you add water too many times in a a painted area. So, as um, so, let's say a painting is like a draining tank of water. In the beginning it will use the the maximum amount of water that you wanted to use after that layer 2 less water layer 3 lesser water layer 4 very little water and layer 5 is just detail or dry brush so that's like you know it's um, so when so that's in that way what you are trying to do is you are not interfering with the previous layer because if you have more water in your brush your previous layer the pigments of your previous layer will also get dissolved in your newer layer and it will try to you know and the integrity of your paper as well uh, uh, will be a casualty if you're using a low grade paper in that case it's very hard to recover that Uh, your paper will uh, will start coming off with paint as well and uh, that's very common mistake when you're a beginner it happens a lot and then you learn and you stop doing that so my answer is one of the things that um that you should stop is is like as soon as you feel that your paper is getting uh, out or your paper is getting wobbly and in a few area in few locations immediately stop at that point of time let it dry a little bit and and then uh, after come back to that area after like you know after, after you realize that it has completely dried and then try to do something even if it is partially wet do not touch it so that's the partial stop and the final stop is when you have covered all the areas of your painting and you're satisfied uh, with the values at that point of time it's a very good time to stop and um, a few more things that i wanted to um, to say is when you're assessing your painting and you're looking it from far our eyes are really good to identify unusual things you know so let's let's say that if you're going out somewhere and there's a person who has a very different color of hair you will immediately spot it because that is an unusual thing that you 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 see so our eyes are very uh, we do not like to see um, our um, we want to go back to our state of comfort that's like our eyes, our mind's number one priority. So anything that is unusual, our mind is very uh, keen to capture that. Anything that is unusual. So if you have a a desired picture in your mind of your painting, and the the painting that you have done looks a little bit different than that, or a lot different than that, you are very good. You will be very good to. Um, to identify that and and spot that where the correction is needed and you can do the correction on that painting on that area yeah so overall is um, having quick looks at your painting and capturing the gaps what it should have been and what it actually came out uh, actually uh, went out to be so this gap is an error and you uh, add an action to every error and eventually you uh, you reach uh, a, a point of perfection. I wouldn't say point of perfection but a point of uh, close proximity between uh, outcome and the action. So if your outcome is close to your visualization, that's that's when you realize that. It's a good painting. And again, uh, you do not have to be uh, you do not have to be very absolute about certain things. and it could be only your style itself that is blocking you to do something which is d- different. So many paintings are done to break the rules. And um, I talked so much about composition in one of my previous episodes i think in episode 12 i i had a wholesome experience and that wholesome experience work when you want to create a perfect painting but um many paintings in history uh they do not follow any rules of composition and that actually and they look really beautiful so you so uh, in a nutshell, that what I want to say is, your visualization is your uh, is your visualization of your painting is the measure or it's the criteria of success. If you if you have visualized something uh, and your painting is close to what you have visualized, that's the success. That's uh, that's the benchmark you're trying to reach and everybody everybody else's benchmark is different for the same work even if you are doing that work. If, if someone else is painting my, my portrait, I would like to have it in a, painted in a certain way, but the artist who is painting it, he has visualized uh, my portrait in a, in a different way and he might be quite successful in his own terms and it, it could be unsuccessful for me um, I would say it's not a great painting uh, but for the artist it might be so for an artist as smaller gap you have um, that's the best way um, to assess your painting I hope um, I hope you like this episode And I want to um, discuss uh, something about my Skillshare class and uh, I I kind of tried to promote it and thanks uh, for the people who joined that. And I saw a few people joined from my podcast and they messaged me as well. And I really appreciate that. Uh, But I wanted to discuss more and more. I I realized um, something today that the way I think now about my classes is more on teaching um, more on teaching what I know you know versus uh, I talked to somebody today and I realized I should make my class based on what they want to learn not what I know already I know a lot of things already but it um, I'm not serving the purpose if I'm not teaching what they want to learn you know I'm, I'm uh, to make a class attractive what you do is um, you you put up a very beautiful painting that and you also teach how to paint that painting but if a person wants to learn um, something else and, uh, and as a beginner they I have forgotten those challenges I have forgotten a lot of challenges because it has uh, I'm not part of that anymore and so i realized uh today that uh, that the feedback from them is really really important that what they want to learn and i'm going to do a class um, especially um on, on Skillshare. i'm i have uh, already tri- started scripting and structuring that class uh, so my next class that i'm going to do on watercolor is it's about the technique of the flow itself it's about um, how to control your your watercolor that needs to be taught at and I think I have never seen any any classes on Skillshare or anywhere else that they they teach you how to control your water how to control your watercolor And that's the only thing that you need to learn in watercolor and and once you learn that part it regulates all all sorts of washes if you are able to control the water and that that regulates all all types of washes and it can generate all types of patterns and um, it can generate all types of effects that you want in a painting so do write to me on my instagram uh, you can just dm me i'm very approachable i, I respond to every uh, every question i can and um, do give me suggestions that what you would like like to see or learn or even to discuss me on this podcast it's not necessarily about Skillshare uh, or youtube or anything i'm not uh, active on youtube and i like like this uh, audio um, medium much better than um, much better than youtube or visual mediums uh, because it's um, uh, because it's it's something uh, that makes you smarter while while uh, you're listening it on the side so that's um, that's why i got into the podcast as well and uh, th- that's the way i'm i'm going to program my classes now uh, based on what people actually want to learn and even if I uh, I ca- cater to one or two students requirement I'm not putting out that class for everyone else but Skillshare share is such a big platform and if that class goes out I'm pretty sure that there will be a few more people who exactly wanted to learn the same skill these beginners are struggling with and I I'm, I'm going to uh, put out my effort on on making the class which is uh, which is in real sense helpful to you not just uh, so you know um, that old saying if you uh, if you teach a person how to fish uh, is the skill for life rather than giving them a fish is it's same thing with me if i teach you to paint one painting um, I mean it will solve your purpose and you will probably learn to paint that one painting but there's nothing worse than becoming a one painting painter you know it's much um, much much better to learn a skill that is applicable to every painting you do and I'm going to base my classes uh, based on the techniques Uh, based on uh, the fundamentals of watercolor and uh, so that you can have a very uh, fulfilling experience while painting Um, so as as as, uh, as I'm growing as a person in this journey of art one thing I have realized now is uh, it could be my age as well uh, that uh, as I'm growing a little bit older I'm realizing now uh, I'm focusing lesser on success with art. I'm focusing more on that optimal experience that I get through the art. And uh, only way to do that is putting uh, putting up yourself against a challenge, putting your skills up against a, a challenge and and pursuing that uh, that challenge, winning it, And then moving on to a next challenge, which is a little bit higher than that. And uh, that could put me in a state of optimal experience. And that's where, uh, uh, that's the actual happiness that I'm looking forward to. And the great results and the happiness is just a byproduct of that process. So I wanted to like, you know, I see it very differently now. I'm, I'm more interested in the experience than the outcome and i'm i'm definitely sure that's not the case for everyone else and uh, we do care about outcome and um, yes uh, but at the same time um, i try to focus more on how to um, how to make this experience of painting enjoyable to you you know a lot of us most of the people who work uh, full time job come back f- from the from the work uh, we we tend to um we tend to try to find some some time which is uh, which takes us away from the world we lived for that day and uh, having more peaceful and a more fulfilling experience through painting and hopefully um, and hopefully I I'll try to create something that helps you get there yeah again um, I think um, that's all I wanted to talk about today and uh, I would uh, be very happy to answer uh, to your questions do write to me I I'll leave my email address my Instagram my skillshare, skillshare links uh, in, in the bottom and uh, you can go through the description hit me up and if your suggestions questions everything is welcome do follow my Instagram and uh, I have started painting again lately and I, I post quite often uh, do check it out and and shoot your questions thank you so much for listening Take care. Bye-bye.